And so this guy looked at me and said, yeah, you're my, you're my guy. And I'm thinking, are you sure? Yeah. But, but Holy Spirit in me is going like, you're, you're the guy. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a complete failure <laughs> at everything. Too. I'm like, I had a good run in college. Yeah. I can I play the hell out of the guitar. <laughs> I peaked as a worship leader at 21, God. And now, I, I, but, I, but, 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 but he's so faithful because he's seizing us yeah. what we don't see in ourselves. And, 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 and this guy saw it in me too and said, said come on, boy. Welcome to the CEO Parenting Podcast. We've already been started for a little bit, but I want to welcome everybody. Uh, Jeremy Simmons. Uh, known Jeremy since 2001 when he was uh, working slash going to Church of the Highlands here in Birmingham and started going there. So interesting fact about Jeremy is my daughter, my oldest daughter, is named after his ex-wife. Yes. So true, true statement. True statement. So we are I was st- hoping you were going to say <laughs> yes, that. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Break the ice. Yeah, break that. So not his wife, his ex-wife. Right. So Important uh, clarification. Yeah, clarification. His wife now, Lacey, she's amazing. So we were sitting there at church one day. I was, Jackie and I were not married. We were just together. And I walked up and I saw Jeremy. I was like, hey, you know, you know, talked, whatever. And, uh, and we had already talked about getting married, talked about, you know, he talked about kids, whatever. And he goes, hey, this is, it's my, you were fiance. Yeah. It's my fiance, Jonna. And we look at each other and we go, and we did. We named our kid. And everybody, I tell everybody, yeah. where'd you get that name? I said, I got a, one of my great friends, Jeremy Simmons. His, his ex-wife's name was John. That's how we got it. <laughs> He's like, I was like, that's a true story. Yeah. All right. So talk about the first that we were talking about you being, what were we talking about? You were being here at Church of the Highlands working, you leaving. Where did you leave from there when you went, when you left church? I went you, to go actually work for my former father-in-law. We had a manufacturing business. Okay. Yeah. So what did you do there? So just kind of worked my way up in operations. Yeah. Um, it kind of, if I can, I can back up and yeah, tell back you up. Yeah. the cliff notes of how I got there. So on staff at Highlands, passionate about ministry. Yeah. But young me, the grass was always greener. On the Where did side. you go to college? I don't remember. Went to Alabama. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Went to Alabama. Church of the Highlands planted my sophomore year there. Yep. Um, Early, I was at the first service, recommended by a friend to come check it out. Um, was able to connect early on with Pastor Chris yeah. and some of the early staff, you know, Lane. Steve Blair. Steve Blair. Lane. The, 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 Kellen Coldiron. Kellen. Yeah, he was. Those guys, and here's the thing about this. This is a multi-million dollar church, one of the biggest churches in the world. Yep. And those dudes are still here. They're still here. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And back then, I mean, there were maybe eight of us. When I came on staff, maybe That's 10. Crazy. Yeah. So, right, so go ahead. I'm sorry. So long story short, uh, was able to, to be mentored by Pastor Chris during my college years. And then Lane, when Lane came on staff, yeah. developed that connection. Um, they gave me an opportunity right out of school to come on staff. And I was here, uh, but this is just 20-something me. You know, I had one foot in, but the, but the other foot, man, I'm just looking. What else is out there? That, you know, what, what else is out there in the world? What were um, you looking for, though? Like, was it financial? Know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was just, Different. it's just, I want to go slay something big and I'm slaying this thing, but yeah. there's this thing over here that looks like a great challenge too. So I had yeah. this idea of, I want to go into the business world. I had no idea what that meant. I didn't study business, but in my mind it sounded sexy. Sure. So I wanted to figure that out. So I, I, I had a few men in the church that were businessmen successful that I'd networked with and just kind of started having those conversations, mm-hmm. you know, where should I go? What should I do? My father-in-law at the time caught wind that I was looking about leaving. Now, you were married at the time. I was married at the time, yes. Okay, yep. And um, 
and he suggested, hey, you know, hey, what if you came to work for me? That was not my initial thought or intention. What did he do? And so he had built a, a manufacturing business from the ground up, and they built um, refrigerated food cases for the grocery store industry. So, oh, wow. And high-end restaurants or delis in New York and Chicago. Um, so really big company. Um, pretty big company, local here. Um, I think when I came on board, not as big as you would think. When I came on, I think we did maybe 15 million okay. my first year in revenue. And that was in 2006. And when I left in 2013, we had just crossed 60 million. It's so scaled the business pretty, pretty significantly, yeah. pretty aggressively. So learned a lot of, a lot of do's and don'ts. So how long were you there? Six, 13? So Almost five, seven years. Seven years. That's great. And my joke is that it was my Laban years. Yeah. If you remember, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I didn't get the girl. She She was gone. <laughs> so, totally another story for a totally another but, episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not a divorce podcast. <laughs> Uh, but I, but I will say I have a lot of honor for my, my former father-in-law, the business he built, the business I was able to be a part of, you know, I was, I was reticent to make that decision because that it felt like, I don't know if I want to work for family. And, and the men in my life counseled me. They said, man, if you can go work in a business where the founder and CEO has a vested interest in you learning the business, business. go just invest a few years, learn and then good, do whatever you want to do after that, rather than taking some corporate job where you're going to be stuck in a cubicle, you know, you know. Look, looking back on that seven years, what do you think you learned the most? What, like, what, is it learn the most about or learn the most period? Like, what did you, what do you feel like you gained the most from that seven years? Man, there's a 15 lot. 15 million to 60 million is awesome in seven years. That's a lot. Yeah. I learned that you can, uh, the growth is expensive. Okay. I learned that you can make more money at 20 million in revenue than you can at 60 if you don't grow well. I learned that you need to know your numbers, and that was kind of a struggle point for us. We were us fant- meaning you and him, or just him? Just him. Just the the company as a whole. Did he? So did he think that at 60 mil we should make more than you, you? Y'all were like, okay, we're making this much at 20 million, but you weren't making as much at 60. Well, you well manufacturing is hard in general um, because you're scaling not just your workforce, but you are scaling a workforce that's primarily blue collar. Mm. So there's a learning curve there. And and what we did was such a niche trade business. You can't go rob a skilled tradesman from another company up the road. Nobody else existed in the South that did what we did. So to hire new people, train them to where their skill sets could, um, where they could actually work and perform efficiently and yeah. profitably was just really, really difficult. Um, so that's part of it. And then you're also trying to scale your supply chain as well. So you have vendors, local and international, that need to grow with you. And you're pushing them to get to 60. So they're, they, they have a hard time keeping up. They're, they're, they're pricing. Um, you ask them to hold pricing, it almost puts them out of business. And they scale their pricing. And then you have it priced accordingly. So, so everything gets yeah. really, really complicated. Um, wow. Okay. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. What else, what else on that? In that seven years, did you just think, like, was... This is, this is, uh, you, you've carried it even to, to today. So, so I personally, I learned, um, I learned to exist kind of in obscurity as a man. And what I mean by that is in college, um, you know, I founded or co-founded a, a ministry at the University of Alabama that grew into this big thing and under, you know, Lane and Chris's leadership. Right. 
watched that grow and I kind of, you know, I guess I had a reputation and people knew who I, who I was. And I came on staff at this, the fastest growing church in America. Absolutely. And, and I'm a part of this thing. And, and so I get all this outside validation mm. to my ego of who I am. There's a lot of ego vested, even sure. a lot of heart, but a lot of ego too yeah. vested in what we were doing. And, uh, and then I go move into this manufacturing facility in Bessemer, Alabama, where we're busting our tails, 12 plus hour shifts, making refrigerators, making refrigerators. And I'm on the road and trucks with these guys that I grew to deeply love like brothers, but yeah. just rough neck work with their hands, just yeah. salt of the earth. Can't wait guys. to get to a six pack. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, like I'm, I, you know, the, the amount of secondhand smoke I inhaled on those road trips. And it's like, what, what I had an identity crisis in the yeah. middle of all that. Like what has happened to who I thought I was, this right. identity that I had established in ministry to where I am wearing a pair of Wrangler jeans, you know, I'm under a piece of equipment somewhere in Chicago with this guy that smokes, you know, Marlboro Reds every day. And, uh, and it was, it was a major cultural shift for me. Wow. Um, but really good. Yeah. And, uh, and something my father-in-law said a lot was the diligence shall, shall bear rule. Yeah. And I learned diligence. I learned how to hustle and work in a way that I'd never worked before. And, and I, and I, I fell in love, um, with, my teams, these guys that, that, that put in massive amounts of overtime to keep that company moving forward. And, uh, it was, it was just really give me a completely different perspective. So I went from the stage and the spotlight yeah. and, and a trajectory that looked really promising there to, to just sitting, at, sitting under literally, literally working s- under a refrigerator. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. With no praise and nobody cares. Wow. Nobody knows my name. It's your job. So you're supposed to do it. Just my job. I'm supposed to do it. And I had to learn, I had to learn to lead. So so try being the son-in-law mm. that moves into a family business business that's been established for 30 years. Try to earn the respect of those guys that now work for you. That was an uphill the, battle. They, they know 10 times more than you do. Oh, 100%. I don't know anything. I'm the entitled young son-in-law coming on the scene. So the the um, the um my leadership had to really grow. Mm. Um, my personal ability to lead Um to learn how to, how do you earn the respect of these men? Cause I wanted them to respect me. I didn't, I don't want them just to respect my position. I wanted them to respect me as a man. Yeah. And I believe I was able to do that over that time. It was really learned, powerful. Learned a bunch on that. Yep. Seven years doing that. what did you transition to there? Why did you leave there? Because I got divorced. Got divorced. Which is another story. Yeah. Not this podcast. <laughs> not this yeah. podcast. Um, so, so you left after seven years. Right. What did you do? Was, so it, was it like a situation like, oh, crap, we're getting divorced. I got to go. Did you have a plan? No, I didn't have a plan. It was like my the entire rug underneath my life just got pulled out from underneath me. And it all happened really, really fast. And continue. The divorce took three and a half years. It was a long you know, you, you, got, you started, you said, Hey, we need to get divorced. That's when you left. You didn't wait till you got finally divorced until you left. Right. Right. So the kind of the writing was on the wall mm. that this, that, that things were getting kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't even know if anyone had filed for divorce yet, but it was just complicated. Yeah. So I was looking and then, at, and then at that point, uh, leadership within the company, uh, just decided, you know, with my father-in-law at the helm, just decided, hey, this is awkward. Like, sure. this has got to happen. So uh, so the two guys I directly reported to who'd become close friends over the years, I mean, sat down with me. We all cried, yeah. hugged it out. Man, this is what's going to happen. And it was good. It needed to happen. It was, yeah. So then I was just kind of lost. So I kind of 
flailed for a few months trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Now, what is your degree in, if that even matters? My degree was basically pre-divinity. So I was planning to go, right. You know, oh my right. God. If your child says, dad, I'm at the University of Alabama. I'm going to major in classical studies. Tell him no. No. Or her It no. is a degree in nothing. It is a degree. It's basically a history degree. That's. Okay. Guess what my degree is? History. History. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Hey, future entrepreneurs leading the Listen, world here, you know? Mark Pettis, you know what his degree is? History. history. Degree in you nothing. Know, history and psychology. I've gone back degree to my dad. Nothing. I said, dad, like, <laughs> when I called you and said I was going to major in this, and, 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 and not critical of him, he's, yeah. he's the most, you know, the uh, most amazing every, okay. human being. By the way, on his the dad planet. is a doctor. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> a great doctor right. and a saint. He's, yes. I mean, he's an unbelievable human. So to my physician father, <laughs> as a dad, I have a plan, you know, but I think that he heard the second part is I can graduate in three years mm. <laughs> and he knew I was going to pursue ministry. Sure. Um, it was everyone in my course of study ended up in seminary or law school. Most of them in seminary. Law school. So I was kind of in that because the Latin background yeah. as a part of the study. So Long story short, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting there with this degree in classical studies, got a few years of ministry experience. I have uh, seven years manufacturing, seven years manufacturing, which is not applicable to anything. By the way, I don't know. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. So I, this yeah. is great. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so at this point, my life uh, is the Titanic. Mm. I've lost my marriage, which we do need to do another podcast. I'm sorry that. I'm laughing about this. But Go listen, ahead. the viewership, bro. Yes, we ever tell that high. story. It it's a to totally different title, totally different hashtags. It's got awesome. But, but yes. it's a great story. Yeah. It's, it's, it, but, but just to summarize it, I was that Titanic, mm. except I was on fire at the same time. This whole thing was collapsing around me. My marriage, my Two kids, great kids, amazing, beautiful Wonderful daughters. daughters. I literally had this picturesque little house with, with an actual picket white picket fence in the front. Yeah. You know, that was the picture of my life. In Homewood. It, ah, no, it wasn't in Homewood Where yet. I was in Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook. It's close. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was yeah, perfect. Close enough, yeah. And my perfect little picturesque life, just someone dousing gasoline and set it on fire. And, uh, so that said, um, I made a friend at the time, um, who I'm, there's so many pieces of the story we're, we're leaving out, but we'll just stay on the, what's paying my bills. Yeah, sure. Path who had a, a small construction business. Okay. And he said, man, come on, come on, build some houses with me. And I, I, was, like, man, I was like, this. man, I don't know anything about who building was, houses. You, can you tell me who that BJ was? BJ Davis. Okay. So he's a Church of the House guy yeah. back in the day. And uh, he'd gone through a divorce. I remember became, this. I mean, he would take me out to lunch. Such a good friend of me. Yeah. Buy my, I had no money. I mean, I was, I was like, all my money's going to lawyers. I mean, I just lost my seven-year career. Like, like, so he would take me to lunch, buy my lunch at Zoe's and we'd talk and I'd just cry and tell him how my life has gone to complete crap. You know? No job. <laughs> and he's like, well, bro, you know, everybody, man, let's build some houses. Yeah. And I was like, I do not want to be in construction. I just didn't. But to be honest, he was a heck of a salesman and I had nothing else to do. Sure. And so I said, okay. And, uh, so what, what began with that? And I want to be careful to be honoring was a great friendship and a terrible business partnership, mm. which I so I learned some really hard lessons in that. Would he say the same thing? He would say the same thing. Not, and it's not a reflection on his or my character individually. Yeah, but more like we have similar gifts and skill sets mm. when we should have. You know, I need an accountant for a business partner. Yeah, 
I can sell it. I can build a team. I can recruit. I can grow something. <laughs> don't ask me to count. But do not. And I understand the yeah, money side I do of it. Too. I just don't like it. I don't either. You know, and I'll spend all of it yeah. to make something great. Yeah. So we we made a lot of money and we spent a lot of money making you made houses. a lot, but you spent, we spent a lot more. We, absolutely. And what's crazy about growth, so Amazon, I don't think has ever actually reported a profit. But but growth makes them valuable, valuable, right? And so when you have growth, you have cash flow, and cash flow will hide mm-hmm. um, a gap in your accounting. Yeah. So if there's a deficit there, it's so that's kind of what happened is we grew that thing so big, so fast. I mean, we're buying lots on Lake Martin, building spec houses, flipping them. We're we're just, I mean, cowboys and Indians. I look back and just cringe at the lack of intentional thought it's like and we're both just overconfident cocky we got what year this. is this this is 2000 golly 2014 14. to 2016 it's three okay, years okay so we've recovered from the whole housing burst thing we've recovered from the housing burst right so i'm the guy that could not make a construction company work in the hottest construction environment well, it, we're a little yeah. early but but we were, we were dabbing lots we, were, we bought property in helena and 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 were you trying up. to do developments and things like we that? We wanted to move into development. And the truth is we made money in development, but we lost money building houses for rich housewives. That ate our How? lunch. High-end un- kitchens, popping tops on houses in Mountain Brook. The accounting is super complicated. The, um, it just, the, 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 we had a very transparent uh, uh, accounting system that we would share with our customers and ultimately our customers took advantage of that. Mm. And so like, ah, that's not in that, that's not our contract. You got to do that. Anyway, that, that unknown, we didn't build in a plan for that. So Therefore you got, you got to eat it. And then we would eat it a probably out of passivity and insecurity because we were the new guys on the block. B we would eat it because we were overly optimistic about money coming in from the development side that we got this and we're growing so fast. It's going to be fine. Yeah. We got the next one coming in. It'll cover this. Oh yeah. So, Ultimately, what sank that ship is we had a, a, a our uh, um, lumber supplier. We had a fantastic lumber supplier with a massive lumber bill every month, right? You can yeah. imagine multiple projects going on everywhere. So that company was owned by a family that owned five or six other large businesses okay. around the Southeast. So the guy we dealt with did not have equity in that business. He was just the general manager. Mm-hmm. We had a great relationship with him. Right. And he would float us like 60, 70 days on oh, that wow. big six-figure lumber package. And, and then what happened is the family hired an outside accounting firm to come in and audit all of the companies. They came in and they said, who are these guys with X number of dollars out at 70 days? Six, you, so you think over $100,000, over $100,000? Oh, way yeah, over. Way over. Wherever, but, but again, we and got it was this. Your, they were floating at 60, 70 days? 60, 70 days, which is a great deal. Like, who doesn't take that heck deal? Heck of a deal. Who doesn't take that deal yeah. of business? Yeah. Well, they audited us, and without saying anything, they leaned every single <sighs> property. So every project we had got a lean letter. So I've got, I have, I have uh, customers who loved us. I mean, we, we were very relational. We were very connected to the folks we, were, we would build for. Everybody got a lean letter. So you can imagine the hard conversations after that. And then what happens immediately is the one thing that was keeping us safe was cash flow. Well, cash flow disappears. Because you got all those lean letters. Oh, yeah. So 
homeowners, if they're paying out of pocket, they ain't, they're not going to write me another check. Mm-mm. And then uh, banks, they get lien letters. They definitely not write you another check. And so, and then we didn't have that kind of capital to come out and we were over leveraged. And uh, so, so, so that thing collapsed, man. And so you are 0 for 2 right now. You learned a lot in one business, bro, but the, divide, the divorce, 0 for 2. For two. I am, and, and what's- You so are begging for a $40,000 <laughs> ministry job at this point. Yes. So, so literally, I remember thinking- And you got two so girls. My, my, yes. Yeah, so when my divorce, through all that, it was easy to shift a lot of that blame elsewhere. Mm. Um, just do the circumstances. But the business, I had to look myself in the mirror and say, now, now, was it- intentional no was it malicious no was it sloppy yeah was it um irresponsible absolutely and i had to look myself in the mirror and go no i did that yeah my name's on that yeah you know and that hurt worse than the divorce i bet it's weird so this point the level of low that i am at i'm like i how long did y'all do the construction thing Three years. Okay. So so we were the hottest thing in town for three years. End of three years. Yep. And so uh, so we were able to, by the grace of God. Whatever happened with all that? You scraped together some dollars and just get everybody paid back? I mean, what'd you do? That's a long, another complicated story. But we we were able to very cautiously kind of pull out of it. And he kind of split up some projects. I split up some projects. We got creative. Uh, we, We ended up meeting a great attorney that helped some folks get liens off their houses so they could finish their projects. Project. And we had some just really amazing people that we were working with that were really, really gracious. The homeowners. homeowners that were really gracious. Who, if I saw them today, I'd tear up and give them a bear hug because of the way they treated they helped us. You. They wow. helped us. Because they knew, you know, um, that... It, that You weren't doing anything wrong. No. Let's make sure we are super clear nothing on this. Illegal, there was nothing illegal, nothing wrong. Nothing malicious. Johnny down there was giving you 70 days, and you were taking it. Absolutely. And then the family hired somebody and said, get these freaking guys out yep. of there. And so that's what caused the demise of everything. Yep. But you had great people. Again, in my opinion, I think you'll agree with this. Everything gets back to relationships. Uh, that is that is literally the theme it's of what's, my life. It's what's helped you. I mean, like it helped you get the job after you left ministry yep. relationship. It helped you get the job after the divorce. Yep. It helps you get out of this construction debacle. Yep. It's all about people. Yep. And I tell people that's all the time that like you don't do business with businesses, you do business with people. Yep. So after the three years of construction, you're ten years post ministry. Yep. Where do you go from there? So now you know, again, I'm living in Homewood. So you're 2016, 16. 17. Okay. Living in Homewood. I have my two little girls, pretty much 50-50 at this point. Yeah. I have them full-time now, but back then it was about 50-50. I'm kind of panicked. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm out of money again. Yeah. I mean, like, I have just ridden this roller coaster of building something and then crashing and burning. Right. Building something, crashing, you know. So, so at this point, I mean, literally. Let me, let me ask this. I'm going to ask this. This is super personal. Okay. Yeah. So at any point, did your dad and mom help you financially to the point of like, quote, bailout? They, oh, they were significantly helpful during my divorce. During the divorce. They footed just, I, I can't even describe sure. what they did, but not personally on a, a, a business front. Yeah, like that. From, from helping you. But early on, they, they carried me through my divorce um, in a way that I could never um, express enough gratitude. Yeah. But at that point, like, I was like, I will never ask my parents another for another anything ever yeah. for the rest of my life. So this was very much me. But you know what? I know your dad. I know your mom. I know your dad really well. Your dad, like, 
is one of the most gracious, loving, 100%. human beings I've ever met. Like I hadn't That's seen a true him in statement. 10, 15 years. We recognize each other. It's a hug. It's just like, yeah. And he, you can, he's one of those guys that you can get back to really quickly. Like yep. you hadn't talked to him in 10 years and all of a sudden it's like you talked to him three days ago. Yep. And I mean, I even did, and we can talk about this later. I even did some business with him like post-college. I got to know him a little bit and that, there was one of those MLMs that I was with, and I yeah. learned a lot just being with him through that little situation. Yeah, yeah. But just so so I can understand how your dad can want to make sure you're taken care of through that. So Okay, so three years after that destruction. And, he, and the truth is he probably would have. And today, if I needed something, my dad would do it. Oh, if you, need, if you called your dad right now and said, Daddy, $10,000, he'd say, okay, where do I meet you and give it to you? A hundred percent. Yeah. But he's, again, I can't express how much, how awesome your dad is. Yeah, so three agreed. years after this, where, so where are we going now? So now, so now I would take a job at Starbucks. I Absolutely. literally is like, I, I like twenty bucks an hour sounds great. Yeah, just just let me be a barista with yeah. with make, with no making coffee, flirting with chicks with with no <laughs> subcontractors hounding <laughs> yes. me for checks on Friday. I mean, goodness gracious! And uh, but so I, but I talked to a few friends again, relationships. Yeah. I talked to a friend who knew my whole story, and that's another thing: is live your life openly yeah like like no secrets no hiding don't minimize the where you are what you've walked through sure. this is just the you know so 100 transparency with my close inner circle of friends one of those guy friends said hey send me your resume i got an idea <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> i know maybe not 100 transparency on the resume yeah, exactly so so i pull it together you know and i send it to him and uh, within two days i get a phone call uh from a guy named thomas goodwin okay and that's where I spent the last six and a half years and, um, or six years. And, uh, he owned a small niche construction company that, right. <laughs> that, uh, um, but a commercial construction yeah. company that, that specialized in mechanical equipment kind of construction. Um, but, but internationally, this doing, is fluid, this is fluid, fluid solutions, solutions, doing niche, um, government work. We had a top secret facility clearance. Really, really cool business. And um, and he was looking for a number two guy, a guy to, to basically a COO to run the business for him. And uh guy that just failed. Right, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to lunch and just hit it off. It, just, it was one of those things like- Now, how old is he at this time? He's a couple years older than me. Oh, wow. So he's so a young, young guy. Young guy. Unbelievable businessman. Incredibly capable leader. What did you build? What did y'all build? So, layman's terms. Layman's terms. Uh, giant pumps, pipes. Uh, I mean, like it's pumps, pipes, valves, controls. Fancy. You're a fancy plumber. We're a really fancy plumber. So we like high tech water treatment systems that would okay. that would could turn uh, a U.S. embassy's uh, uh, wastewater into drinkable, like potable water for two weeks. I mean, like stuff like that, like really high. So, okay. So we got connected. I was either, I think I, I think I just moved back and we had seen each other in, uh, somewhere. And I you I were just gotten that guy. You were telling me about it. Yeah. Like you got to travel all over, all the, over world. the world. So this guy em, doing embassy work, like, yep. Embassy I, and DOD work. Yeah. So we, had, we, we were working on secret missile defense sites. Um, where are you going, baby? I can't tell you mom. <laughs> Dad, I what I would tell, tell people, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. What I would tell people is that what we did, um, 
in and of itself wasn't sexy, but the context in which we did yeah. it was super cool. So we had a top secret facility clearance, which is really difficult to get. So we had access to these projects internationally that, that there were very few people that even could compete with us, could even get access to bid the work. Um, and we were literally were the best in the world at what we did period in the world. Um, so to, so, so, so to say that is just ballsy. Isn't it's that ballsy. crazy? It's yeah. true. It in is one, it is 100% true. Wow. And so this guy looked at me and said, yeah, you're my, you're my guy. And I'm thinking, are you sure? Yeah. But, but Holy spirit in me is going like, you're, you're the guy. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a complete failure. <laughs> I'm I did everything. Too. I'm like I had a good run in college. Yeah. I can I play the hell out of the guitar. <laughs> I peaked as a worship leader at 21, God. And now I, I but I but 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 he's so faithful because he sees in us yeah. what we don't see in ourselves. And 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 this guy saw it in me too and said, said, come on board. And he said, he said, I feel like you're gonna be expensive. What are you gonna cost me? And I'm thinking, I would take $20 yeah. right now. Don't tell him that, Jay. And, I, and I, I sat there on the spot with as much uh, courage as I could muster. And I threw out the biggest number I could come up with. Biggest number I could come up with. And I actually gave him a range. If I'm being totally honest, I said, I said, my cost of living is this. And it was way above my cost of yeah. living. But like just my break even, I got to have this. I said, but where I would like to be, and I threw an even bigger number out there, which in my at that point in time in my career, you in my were, life. You were thinking, yeah, I'm going to be the richest man in the world. Not, not, <laughs> no, not that, but I just, my self-worth was so yeah. low yeah. That, that, but anyway, it was, but it was still, it was a big number. And, um, and, and he came out the gate and paid me more than what I said my cost of living was with a five-year plan to scale me to the bigger number. Um, you know, pulled me into profit sharing, um, Ended up being wow. a really sweet gig, and yeah. and literally, and I, I was, I was one hundred percent transparent with him yeah. about my story, everything in my life, failures in business, and and just earned. We earned each other's trust right. very quickly, um, to where I got to watch this guy brilliantly operate this business in a way that that prior to that I did not personally have the tools. Yeah to be able to run a business. You know, I think me before that probably could have by myself in the right partnership could have run a small business fairly well. Right. But I learned to run at that time that that business was about a $20 million business. I learned how to run a $20 million business on an international scale, yeah. working in incredibly complex government type contracts and do it well. Wow. So we're okay. So I'm going to side note, but same, same chapter different paragraph had okay. you met Lacey at this time so 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 Lacey what I will say is yeah I actually wrote Thomas uh the owner of Fluid Solutions yeah. I, I wrote him a letter when I left and um and what I said was which was three months ago <laughs> three months ago <laughs> just, you didn't even know this I didn't even know this know. until last night shocked everyone in the company everyone in the business I uh, built the entire team this guy it was a dream job so last night let me just give everybody context so Today is a Thursday. L last night, I walk into basketball, and I see your wife. Yeah. And I just start talking. Well, I talked to your wife for 30 minutes. And she goes, I said something about a job. And she goes, oh, he's got a new job. I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, he's not working at Fluid. She's like, no. I was like, well, darn, we're probably not going to get that catering gig. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so, but no, but so, so, okay, go ahead. You'll get it because y'all yeah. did a really yeah. good job. Awesome. That tenderloin, everybody <laughs> talks about it like all year long. Okay, so, um, so, so go back to what you were saying. I'm sorry. So, uh, so what I told him in the letters, I said, um, 
you offering me this, me this job was the first turn on the flywheel that set just good things in yeah. emotion in my life. Like I had watched my life crumble. Um, a lot of which was outside of my control, things happening to me and this stuff by my own yeah. hands crumble and fall apart. And that job was the first thing that just, so that happened. So then I've got momentum and I'm, I'm, I'm operating this, this business and I'm growing. I, I, you know, I, I treat that, that was kind of like my grad school. I went to grad school under Thomas Goodwin at Fluid Solutions and learned, you know, multi-million dollar education. Um, and right after that, I met Lacey. Right um, when you got there. Yeah. Right after you got I mean, it was, there. it was literally, we started dating a year, maybe a year, right a year into my employment into there. there. Yeah. And then so, so it's like, maybe I'm not a complete screw up. Yeah. Maybe I'm actually deep inside me. There's a good businessman, you know, then like, maybe I'm deserving of love. Maybe yeah. I actually could take another stab at this thing, you know, right. so that hope. <clears throat> so before you met Lacey, did you date it all? Did you? I did. Did you? Yeah. So I dated, uh, Two girls mainly. Yeah. Um, I had like two, just three month relationships, which were fantastic. I like I, anybody I know that's going through a divorce. I'm like, you need to date, meet some people. Cause guess what? You were messed up. Sure. Like it's traumatizing. And you think you're, I thought I was okay. I was not okay. Mm. So just to go be in a relationship, you learn kind of, Hey, where you're, where you're needing to grow, where you're hurting, yeah. where you're, it just, it grew me a lot. Um, and prepared me to, to even think, had I not dated before, I don't think I would have even had the guts to ask Lacey out. So the interesting part about this story is Lacey's absolutely wonderful, but you've got two girls. You went through a really, I don't want to say messy, just a a hurtful, hard, let's say hard, a yep. hard divorce. Yep. Lacey also, Lacey has three boys. Yep. Right around your age, okay? Yep. Lacey goes through a hard Divorce. Yep. yep. So you meet her. You've got two girls that are a little yep. older than her boys. Her oldest is 11 and yours is 17. Yep. And she's got three boys. So it, that's that's different. That's odd. So, oh, yeah. But the tra- talk to me about the transition of three to, what is that? Five? No, no it's five. It's seven. Three people in a house oh, to oh, uh, seven. Well, so it was, it was me and my girls. I'll back up a little bit and I'll, I'll move into that. So new job, new promising career, met this amazing woman that yeah. I cannot believe wants to go out she with likes me. me. She likes me. She likes yeah. me. And she sees me. Yeah. And guess what? My resume to a recently divorced woman is, is not it's, stellar. No. I don't have millions to offer no. at this point. Uh-uh. You know, I, I, there's, there's just a, and then, then a, a real messy, messy is the right word, divorce with a lot yeah. of question marks um, that, that, that we had to wade through. And then after wading through all that, she loves me and wants me. Then um, in a turn of events, I ended up with full custody of my girls um, which was, and it was this gift from God. I fought yeah. for years, you know, untold amounts of money um, on, on lawyers. And I can't court. imagine. And then, and then it was like when because God's, I imagine they put a lot of money towards it too. So when when and then when God said it was time, mm-hmm. they were mine. And it was wow. the, it was the simplest, most peaceful. It just happened. Yeah. Um, so that happened. So now I'm, I've got my girls full time. I got a career that's a couple years in the making that that is is looks really promising. I have this woman that I want to marry, and uh, and 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 I'm living in Homewood in this Cracker Jack 
two one half, you know, half a million dollar yeah. two yeah. one, yeah. you know, half and, uh, seventeen hundred square foot house. No, like it's not like eleven hundred square feet. You know, yeah, you're talking four hundred plus yeah. square foot. So, um, so uh, and and so so literally brushing my teeth in this tiny little bathroom with my two girls every morning. Yeah. You know, like just just three of us. But love and, and life. But love and life. So happy, deeply mm-hmm. happy, and um. And then meet this girl and then it's like, okay, we're going to merge this thing. Like, yeah. you know, and not in this house, not <laughs> in this house. So she had the bigger house she wanted. Yeah. So, so she lived in Mountain Brook, um, not a much bigger house, yeah. but, uh, but we, uh, she's a four, three. So we moved into that house and I got married, moved in and, you know, three little boys, two little girls. Now you got boys. I got boys. I'm a boy dad. All you of a sudden. are. You went from none Dude. to three. And I, you know. I can do deep conversation. Yes. I can do emotions. I can French braid hair. Mm-hmm. I can match bows to outfits, Shoot. to shoes, Basketball. to socks. And now it's like, you mean all I got to do is go outside and throw a football. And shoot guns. And that love tank maxes out in 10 minutes. Yes. You know, whereas the girls, it's a complicated algorithm mm. that as soon as you master it, it changes, it changes. the next day. And so, uh, mm. so yeah, transition to a boy boys you know is, after having is it girls, not just so much easier with it's boys? so much easier and my wife right now if she's listening to this is laughing because she keeps telling me that girls are harder than boys and i will never admit that to her yeah but i'll admit it to you they boys are, are so easy they're so much easier oh, yeah. i mean like the i mean tegan's the only boy i've got and he's just like yeah let's go and john is like i don't know i don't know. i mean it's just it's just it's exactly what you're saying yeah yeah so so talk about being at fluid solutions so you help this I mean, again, every time I talk to you or text you or saw you or whatever, you're like, yeah, I'm going to Baghdad. Yeah, I'm traveling overseas. Yeah. Just like these crazy places. So you are, and obviously, you and Lacey are really similar to Jack and I. You like to go. Oh, we love to go. You like to go. You, the happiest you'll ever see my wife is sitting on a plane next to me with a passport in her hand. Yes. Going somewhere, somewhere without children. Yes. I mean, that woman, she loves We it. We picked a little bit of that up from y'all. Yeah. Because like we did not do that until uh, probably four years ago. Yeah. But I'll say this too. We did not feel comfortable leaving the youngest. It's hard when they're little. Yeah. Yeah. So she's seven now. Yep. I think three or four is when we started going by ourselves. Yeah. And if you are married out there and you have kids and I've got another wonderful human being here to validate this. If you're married, you have to take at least once a year a trip without your kids. 100%. At least one. Last year we took three. Let's say Lacey would take four. <laughs> I think quarter, we averaged four. Once a quarter, yeah. We <laughs> we went sailing for nine days you in did. January, and then we went skiing three and a half weeks later in February, which that's a little too much. That's I, a lot. I, I got I got to work. Yeah, you know, I got to make a living. Gotta, but um, but but yeah. I mean, it's we love it's getting so away. it is so needed. Do you like going with uh, other people? Do y'all ever yes. go with other people? Yeah, so we sail like two years in a okay. row. We've sailed with two of my best friends and their wives, okay, and good. love it. Um, which I highly recommend if you know the people well, because you're kind of you're in there. It's like you're in an RV, a fancy RV on the water, on the water. for nine days. So you're rubbing shoulders. There is no separation, and wow. for us, it works fantastic. Yeah. We do ski. Last year we went. We usually go to Mexico. We like Mexico. Yeah, it's Mexico's easy, easy right there. Yeah, so we go to Mexico. Uh, and then we went to Big Sky. I can't remember where we went skiing. It was just like eight of us. And then we went to Cabo. Yeah. So I, my uncle, his best friend from college, this is crazy. He's American. He's from California. He played ball with my my uncle, who's 
69. Okay. So this guy's 69. He's, he moves to Mexico and becomes a chiropractor in Mexico. He's an old college football player, 69 years old, chiropractor in Mexico. Jeremy, he's got this house. It's just stupid. Silly. Silly. <laughs> and it's on 1,500 acres. Right. On the beach. Yep. There's like 12 houses out there. Yeah. Okay. So we walk down. We get there. We walk down. We're walking down to the beach. And it's just like, so you can't get in the water in certain parts of Cabo. Sure. Because A, it's cold. B, the undercurrent. And C, sharks. Yeah. Like it's just, there's all these things. So we walk down there and we look up on this, on this cliff. And it is like watching a mobster or like a cartel movie. You look up and there's this house that it could be on Narcos or Queen of the South or something like that. And we're like, oh, who lives there? Drug dealers, whatever. You know, whatever. whatever. So we go back. We're in the house the next day. He comes in. And I was like, hey, you know, we're talking. He's like, hey, that house right there is unreal. I go, who lives there? He goes, funny story. The guy that lived there is in jail. He was a, one of the largest cartel owners in the country of Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Listen. He left it to his to his number two when he went to prison for twenty years. Yeah, he gets out. the The number two says, "Nah, I'm going to keep it," and keeps the freaking house. So the house was built on this cliff by this drug cartel guy. And Unbelievable. The, and the number two guy keeps it, and he lives next door to him. Right. Absolutely beautiful. So we got to go. We got to go there um, with our friends. Yeah, I, I highly recommend both of those. Friends and by yourself. A hundred percent. We need both. And so, we, we always do friends. We'll do friends. And then Lacey will get home. And she'll be like, I feel like I didn't get to be with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, okay, so we got to yeah. figure out something. Go something else. Yeah. Um, okay. So fluid solutions, six, yeah. six years, six years. And, uh, where'd you, where, I don't even know where you're working now. All right. So, uh, how much time we have? Plenty. We're pretty good. Okay. Um, I want to tell you how I, how the path to change. Okay. Me. Let's do it. So, so I got a guy, so I'm a guy that has been traumatized somewhat by outside forces and also by myself, you know, over the first, the early part of my career. And now I'm in a very stable, safe, right. predictable, um, environment. At this point, I'm, I'm several years into this into fluid. Um, I've, I've hired most of the team. They're Make my, good money. Making good money. They're my people. Yeah. These are my people. I'm, I've, I've built the culture. Right. Um, you know, Thomas was gracious and just gave me a lot of freedom and leeway to run things the way I wanted to run Are it. Are y'all growing financially? We're is growing financially. Business is booming. It's growing. Um, you know, we're very entrepreneurial. So we're, we're constantly looking for new ways to, um, stay within the same market, but new ways to kind of reinvent ourselves. Yeah. And it was, it's just really fun. And I love traveling. I loved, um, I just loved everything about what we did. And, uh, but I was very comfortable. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So why would you ever leave that? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I just, so somewhere fall of maybe 2021. Okay. Maybe a little earlier, okay. but summer 2021. Um, you know, I just felt the season shifting. Like I felt the Lord pulling me, um, that it was time to grow, you yeah. know? So there was a season of my life that was about survival. Yeah. So during my divorce, my business going under. It was like just waking up was winning. Right. You know, and then there's the season of rest and healing. Yeah. Um, or getting and rebuilding, like getting married and I got custody of my kids and I just, you know, um, this new job that I love. The puzzle starts getting back together. Yeah, exactly. And now God's like, okay, now it's time to push. Wow. Which okay. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, and what that looked like for me is I started getting up 
early in the mornings. Um, which, by the way, for anybody listening, I would say if you could just do one thing for the rest of your life, get up at four thirty in the morning. Yeah. Every morning. I used to post it every yeah. day. So I'm, I'm four o'clock right yeah, now. Yeah. Like get up somewhere in four to five range, get up and you'll find when you have a wife and multiple children, you got to have the time. You will never have time by yourself outside of that. Listen, Someone will always, if you, you do not have time to read your Bible. Nope. You do not have time to exercise. Nope. You do not have time to think because last night we had three freaking practices last night. Oh yeah. So every night. By two kids. Yeah. My seven-year-old's not even practicing. <laughs> yeah. So three practices yeah. last night with two kids. And so like people have heard me say it, getting up early. Early mornings change. So tell me about what do you do in the morning, then we'll get back to this this season. So so my, my routine has changed over the last couple of months yeah. because my career has changed, which right. we'll get to. But then what it looked like, 4.30, get up, pray. Okay. But that prayer time was very different from how I, I prayed in years previous um it was much more meditative yeah so i li- i li- actually read three different buddhist books on meditation okay changed my life okay. listen i'm not a promote proponent yeah of buddhism but they you love have, jesus i know you do but they have tapped in to some stuff that 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 we as believers i think are meant to we're too wordy god does not need me to pace around my house and tell him what's going to happen to my family that week god listen to me like jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes on my behalf Hmm. 24-7. He prays perfectly for me. And I'm not saying we don't need, but I personally needed to dial back from my um, control of my prayer life and just just sit, which is hard for me, and be present with the Spirit and listen. So I would literally sit like, like a Buddhist monk Indian style on the floor. You can get crisscross applesauce. You can't say Indian. Yeah, Yeah. crisscross applesauce. And I would just be present with God. And I I, I started with my, because it's hard. So I started with my coffee. I'd start my coffee and it took about seven minutes. And seven minutes was about all I could handle. And then that thing would beep. I, I, you know, I get set free from my my time meditating. (laughs) Right. But seven minutes grew to 10 minutes, grew to 20 minutes, grew to 30 minutes. And listen, the, the stuff that God was doing in me in that quiet time. I, I can't describe you, man. It was unbelievable what I would hear, what he would show me. And I would just allow my mind to wander where he would lead it. And then it would show me what to pray when it was time to pray. Um, so you didn't try to shut it off. You just tried to, you let it flow. That's the problem. Everybody tries to get quiet and they, they feel like it has to look like something or, sure. or, or, you know, they have this idea. It's like, no, just let that mind go. Cause it's the, like the Holy spirit will lead it where it needs to. So, so you just follow that rabbit trail. Like I'm thinking about the car and then I'm thinking about the football practice. And you're, just let it flush. All that stuff's got to just flush out of your, cause it's all in there. Just let it flush and roll out. And then you will find on the other side of that quiet. And you will find this place of rest where he starts to speak. And I feel like, I feel like constantly the spirit is trying to get a word in. But we just, and we have so much going on. In yeah. our brains, so like our mouths are moving, our bodies are moving. We're reading. We're you know we're just there's so much we're happening, praying. and we're praying. Yeah. We're pacing, and yeah. we're, we're we're going through our, our our prayer ritual. And he's like, "Who do it? Who do it?" You know what I mean? And 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 so for me, for that season specifically, being quiet with him and just sitting with him changed my life. Wow. So that that was my prayer life at the time. Typically, it was twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah. Once I got into that rhythm. Then I would read okay. 20, 30 minutes. And I Bible, bet, books, what? Books. 
not Bible. I mean, I do read Bible, but but it was it was not. I'm not going to be over spiritual. I'm not yeah. going to hype that up. It was not a Bible kind of season. It yeah. was a self help books, guru books. Yeah, sure. I mean, all kind of business books. Yeah. Like, but I think I read 60, 70 books that year. Just blew through books. Um, and before that, you know, everybody knows. Oh yeah, you know, I should be reading more. You should read. Yeah. I just never could do it. I never had the discipline. Couldn't find the. And for whatever reason, it just clicked, and I just could not consume enough um, material. And so I was reading all kind of books. Um, And then I'm, I'm, you know, I was keeping a journal, writing down. um, So basically 20 to 30 minutes of um, meditation, 20 to 30 minutes of reading, and then I go hit the gym for an hour. Okay. Um, So, and even at the gym, like podcast or book on tape. Yeah. Because I'm just absorbing Absorbing stuff. In In the car, no music. Yeah. Podcast. Information. Uh, yeah, it's just information. So wow. that started. Now, is that still kind of the rhythm now? What are you doing? Or tell me what, what you're doing now. I'm are you still 430 now? I'm like five right five? now. Okay. Five is my, my number. I'm traveling a lot, which mm, we'll get into yeah. my new gig. So the rhythms are just a little bit different. Um, and then I was I was trapped in a desk, 730 to 530 every day. 730 to 430. <sighs> right. Right. I don't miss that. So there was, there was no margin through my day to get anything else done. done. I was like, work was pretty consuming. And when you get home, you got to freaking be home. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah. I, babe, I'm going to kick back and read a book at seven o'clock yeah. at night. No. That ain't happening. Yeah. I'm playing with kids. I'm full yeah. laundry, you know, taking, to, yeah. oh, okay. um, taking them to practice. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me about this new gig. Okay. So, so, uh, that process of growth led me to start dreaming again in a new way. And this was, let me go back. You said this was summer, fall of 21. Yeah. Through. So a year and a half into, ago, moving into 22, um, and I started dreaming like, what else, what else is out there? What else is out there? And started writing. Um, in fact, I had a, um, I re- I felt the Lord tell me to write a number for a goal of, of annual income. And I, and I didn't have the guts to write the number. Mm. I cut it in half and that number scared me, but I cut it in half and I wrote that number. So I'm, I'm praying into that number. Like, how is that even going to happen? But I'm going to believe for that number to happen. And that was half of what you really thought, what you really wanted. That was half of what I was supposed to write down. But I wrote it down. And that, that I didn't have the faith to write the bigger number at the time. I was just like, I'm going to go with half the number. Yeah. That still scares me. Yeah. But I'm going to believe. Because what scares me is, what if I believe, what if I, what if I shoot for that and I don't get it? Yeah. What if I fail? I failed in the past. What if I, you yeah. know. Um, so in the midst of this, I'm, I'm growing, I'm stretching a friend reaches out to me, one of my best friends from college. We're in each other's first wedding, my first wedding. <laughs> Nobody was in my second one. Nobody was in the second one. And uh, um, we backpacked Europe together. I remember. You know, yeah, okay. And then uh, still remain close to this day. He reached out. He's an accountant, had, had, had built a um, medical practice business with his brother. And I kind of had this backseat view to watching them grow this business over the last eight or nine years. Never had a thought in my head that I would join them. It was right. just a, but I, he's the only, he's the only partner in Birmingham. So I was kind of his confidant. I knew, I mean, when mm-hmm. COVID hit, medical clinic shut down the doors, he freaked out. I was the first person he called. Tell me, what am I going to do? I just cut my salary by a third. I just put my wife on a $400 a month grocery budget. I don't know if we're going to make it. You know, just, just, wow. I got to watch yeah. them, just the ebb, ebb and flow of growing a business. Right. And, uh. So he reached out and said, hey, you know, this thing is really cooking now. And we, we've, we feel like we really have something special. And we have a business plan that we're working on to scale this thing. But to scale it, we're going to need capital and we're going to need 
um, horsepower. We need leadership, right? Like, cause the, at the time there were three and he's like, the three of us just literally we're, we're, we're dying, yeah. dying. But, but we're looking at this thing like this could really be something. Would you be interested in getting involved? And, um, and I would say at that point, my interest level was like a three out of 10. When did he contact you? This is November of 21. Okay. Right. Oh, wow. Long time ago. Yeah. So November 21. Right. This is a little bit after you started all the, the different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm a few I months into this growth process. I got you. Okay. Then this factor comes in, you know, yeah. you like you prepare yourself and all of a sudden it's like, yeah. whoa, you know, and my interest level three out of 10, but I was like, yeah, maybe four out of 10 because I was happy, comfortable, yeah. but I'm like, okay, well, let's talk. Yeah. So he said, well, he said, well, we won't talk for a couple months, but I'll follow back with you because we're still working on this business plan. So he came back to me a few months later with um, with a business model to, to present and just explain like, hey, here's how we're going to do it. Here's what the buying looks like. Here's what your equity would look like. Here's how we're going to structure this thing. What do you think? And um, and what's cool is the uh, the compensation basically looked like almost identical half that half number mm. that I'd written down in my journal, like almost to the dollar, you know. So, so I, so we had the conversation and I, and, and honestly, I still wasn't fully sold. I didn't love it. And the, their goal was to scale it and sell it. Yeah, um, sure. And so I'm thinking like, so I, I see, so it would have been a great thing. Um, the cash out of them would have been great, but I wouldn't be done, done. It would just be a good yeah. probably investment in my time. Definitely better than where it had been. Right. But it wasn't like, wow, there was no wow factor. Yeah. It was just, okay, cool. So, uh. So we talked, we were talking through it. And then, then that conversation over the next few weeks kind of went silent and, um, he wasn't cryptic about it. He just wasn't giving me details, but what I felt was going on and I was right is there were, there were a couple other guys that were on the team, but not shareholders that were negotiating. They didn't like the deal. They were given the same deal. So they were negotiating a new deal behind the scenes. Um, I didn't know that. So I just had to be patient. Sure. Like I had this thing. Well, I guess I'm just going to. Yeah. You're fine where you are. Head in the plow. I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but I'm hopeful that maybe something else can happen. So several months go by. And then by October, November of 2022. Yeah. Um, they put a new deal in front of me. And bro, it was. I mean, I, I can't even. Not even in the same stratosphere. Right what the deal was. Yeah. And, and yeah, I feel like I can't get into detail because I've got, no, no, no. it's yeah. a growing business and there's people, I, I don't no, think no. anyone would listen to this, but if they yeah. w- were listening to this, I just want to be careful with yeah. details, but it was a really, really great yeah. deal. Like a life changing kind of a So with deal. equity in the company. Yeah. So this is crazy. Like, yeah. So Significant like, equity. So listen, you're not going to believe this. And okay. I hopefully Lacey didn't tell you this. Yeah. So I sat there with Lacey last night. Yeah. This is when I was, you were working at, and she didn't tell me anything about your new job. Yeah. And I said, the crazy thing is, I said, I just, the, one of the questions I'm going to ask Jeremy tomorrow is this, is why have you not owned your own deal? Yeah. Like, why have you not been your own boss, owned your own deal? Yeah. And the crazy thing is now you do. I do. So I asked her that last night, <laughs> like 12 hours ago, like 15 hours ago. I asked her that. Yeah. Because that's what you are to me. And that's the thing. I appreciate that you that's see what me that you way. Are, that's what you are to me. Like leadership, leading leading people. We, I get that because you've done that everywhere you've been. But like I see you as someone that is makes the decisions, drives the ship, 
gives the vision, but also will go out and work and do whatever yeah. it's, it's called to do because I just see you that way. Well, thank you. And I, so I am an entrepreneur at heart. You I are. always have been. But what I didn't know about myself in my 20s was that, it, A, I had a lot of growing up to do. Mm, yeah. Um, which I didn't recognize it, which who does at that age. I mean, two, your personal life has to have the bandwidth to support that sure. vision. So you have to be in a marriage where your wife says, you know what, babe, I'm okay with us writing that big old check, buying into this thing, or I'm buying into something that's existing that can pay me a hefty salary, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're starting something from scratch, you got to have a wife that says, Hey, I'm willing you get, for you to give up that salary that you have to take a risk, to not know where our next paycheck is coming from, because right. I believe in you. And a lot of, a lot of marriages don't have that capacity. So I'm blessed now to have a wife that believes in me. And she also really trusts my buddy because we're yeah. good friends. Um, and she's seen the business over the years. Um, but for the first time in my life, I think I'm ready. I think uh, my marriage, my family's in the right place. Yeah. With my, my girls are in the right place. The boys don't care. They're so easy. No, but like, but they're like, like, Jimmy, what do you do? Like, they, yeah. they don't care. They don't know. Exactly. Like, do I, do I get any Jordans? Can Sweet. I go, you know? I got, can I go to basketball? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, so, so, I, so I feel like I am, I'm start just now starting to realize the dreams of my youth at 41, 41 years old. And I see the brilliance of the goodness of God that, that through the, all of the mess, my mess, my ex-wife's mess, you know, all of that. The construction. And when he says, yeah, yeah. When, he, when he says, I'll work all things together for your good. He's not saying, hey, Thomas, I reward your perfectly performed good efforts with success. No, no he's saying, I'm going to take all your BS. I'm going to take all your failures. I'm going to take every time that you have choked, every time your dysfunction led you instead of your health. I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to weave it into your story so beautifully in a way that what comes out in the end is more beautiful than what you would have built perfectly on your own. On your own. And, I'm, wow. I, I, and I, I see that in my marriage. Yeah. I see that in my children. I see it now in my now your career, my work. It's just, it is mind boggling. Tell me what, what are you doing? Like, what, so what, can, we, what can you tell me? So we own 18, we, we are a, we have 19 entities total and that's growing and I'll explain why, but we are, are basically on paper a management company that okay. um, operates uh, multiple medical clinics around the country. And we are men's lifestyle health clinics. Men's so, lifestyle health clinics. So hormone optimization, yep. men's sexual health. Yeah. Um, we just now are dabbling in weight loss. But basically, if you're a dude over 40 and um, struggling to lose weight. Huge market for this. Huge market. You're a baby boomer struggling yeah. with erectile dysfunction. Right. I mean, it's just stuff that guys. Tire, the hormone. The, um, hormone optimization is huge. Hormone like the hormone. Uh, TRT. Yeah. TRT. Yep. So we do TRT. That's a huge thing for us. So guys come yeah. in. We measure them. It's like, man, you know, your, your, your testosterone level is 150. You know, of course you're, you have no energy. Of course. That's the thing I hear. Yeah. I it's hear the energy. energy thing. I hear the energy thing from all, cause yep. I'm 42, you're yep. 41. 41. Like I hear that from a lot of people in that 38 to 50 year old yep. range. Yep. What do you think that is? I mean, so I think some of it's again, 
I'm an expert because I've been here for two, two. and a half months. Exactly. You <laughs> so, know all about so it. So listen, with all my vast years in yeah. this field, I can tell you, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I think hypothetically uh, or theoretically, I do think hormone levels are, definitely have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's just, just part of life. I mean, I mean, from the time of 29 on, our T levels drop. You know? But what, what do you think? But the energy is, is also like... Guess what I have? Five children that I didn't have at 25. I have a wife. I have, you know, my business responsibilities. I have 104 employees. You know, at 25, yeah. I had none. Yeah. You, know, so you just, and BJ. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the, the uh, um, yeah, the, the responsibility that we carry, the pressure, the reality too. At 25, I didn't really understand um, what it was like to build a life, to prepare to retire one day, to... Just to, just just the the pressure that we take on as men. How much um, do you think is food? How much do you think is food? How much do you think is environmental? So like like. Oh, I think diet's a big deal. I think diet's a but huge we eat really really clean in our house. So I mean, Lacey's amazing. But you also cook. exercise. Both of you exercise. Yep, heavy weights. Both of, yes, and then, and we high eat, intensity short cardio. Eat good and we eat, eat really healthy. But still, my energy not what it was twenty five. No, not quite. You know what no, I mean? No, no. So. So yeah, so we coach guys through that too. Like, hey, yeah. you got to make lifestyle changes. It's not just you're not just going to take a, a, a testosterone injection and and it's going to fix all your problems. What do you do day to day then, right now? What's what does it look like day to day? Because you, you were seven thirty to four thirty behind a desk. So what? What's the day to day? So look I'm like traveling about every other week. Okay, so, all so, week. So, so I basically have a year. Eh, it's about Monday through Thursday typically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a year to like learn the business um, before I really will move into my role. Um, so my first baby that I took on is kind of our, we just, we just kind of collectively as a partnership said, okay, Hey, this part of the company needs the most immediate focus and Jeremy's got the bandwidth. So he'll just take it. And that's our call center. So all of our advertising, which most of, most of which is over the radio funnels into radio. in that radio, right? Right. It's like sports talk, sports talk. So, so our target market cities are sports towns with a heavy sports radio following so you're basing it off of that Mm -hmm. what is the is there a clinic here in birmingham there's not one in birmingham so we're not in alabama i know we're in colorado uh with five in colorado we have four soon to be five in uh in the boston area what makes you pick these locations uh it's all demographics so okay so it's 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 well there's there's multiple factors one um the the population density of men 40 to 60 years old you know at a certain socioeconomic, mm. um, like that, you know, they make one hundred fifty, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. That's yeah. kind of our sweet spot. You, uh, um, uh, the cost of clinic space, right? So lease clinic space is a big deal, and the cost of advertising. So we spend twenty six percent of our revenue on advertising. Twenty six percent. I've never heard a number that high. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it 26%. is twenty six millions of dollars a year. Twenty six percent, and it's all average, all it's, radio. It's almost all radio. We do a little bit web. Like I was going to say web. Like yeah, if, if 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 you're in Colorado Springs and you Google um, TRT, TRT, like info, yeah, info on TRT. TRT we'll, for everybody who don't know TRT testosterone testosterone replacement therapy. Yep, there yep. you go. Okay, so. We'll pop up. We'll be the first ad. So we do some spin for, you know, uh, search engine optimization yeah, and SEM stuff, um, yeah. uh, stuff. So, um, so yeah. So it's, it's clinic space and then it's... Um, call center. So you talked about call center. Yeah. So how do you grow? What are you doing there? Are you so international? Def- are you international or are you... Uh, no, um, we're just in the, in the U.S. Okay. So No, your call oh, center. 
Uh, so, so we're scattered. Uh, I have four agents or ske- we call them schedulers. They're yep. a little bit more than call center agents. Um, I have four in Colorado Springs. I have one that works from home in Texas. I have two that work from home in Boston, and I just hired two more in the Boston area. So they're all American. Do you have you ever thought mm-hmm. about doing VAs? What we do is so sensitive. No. Oh, okay. Because um, because the um, so a guy calls in, you know, he's having issues. Sure. Guys don't like to talk about their issues. No. Especially not sexual issues. Yeah. Which is like the majority of it. By the time a guy calls us, something's broken. Mm. You know? And no he's, pun, in, pun intended. Right. <laughs> Maybe pun no pun. <laughs> but, but but he uh he is uh and he's 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 sheepish. So they call in and we've got to that person has to really know what they're doing and establish rapport. And then and then first establish rapport, then qualify um that they're a good patient for us. Because we have guys calling in like, hey, can you, do y'all do vasectomies? No, we don't do vasectomies. So we don't want to schedule a guy without asking him what, he's, what his needs are and making sure he's okay, a good so fit. This is not a $12 an hour job, these call center people. No. These are extremely this, qualified. These extremely people quality, make good money. They do good they, they, salary they, positions. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, okay. It's a great gig. For someone that wants to work from home, you can call me, call Thomas. <laughs> I'll like, 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 get you in touch. That's yeah, awesome. It's a good gig. So, um, so basically, we just. What I'm doing right now is just, and this is, I've done this for years in different businesses is just defining what good is. Let's define, we're not calling it the call center. It's the patient scheduling office. So we are the ProMinic, the name of our company, the ProMinic patient scheduling office. Here's what we do. Here's how we do it. Here are the key performance indicators of how we measure the success of what we do. And then and then implementing software to track those things so that we can say, say like, like how do we improve? How do we measure that we're improving? Right. Um, so that's kind of what I'm... So those are just people getting inbound calls. No, there's no outbound calls. We do outbound calls too because men will go to our website, website fill out a form. And they fill out a form. Form comes in and we have an outbound call that way. And then we also, the, little, the, the, the more difficult um, call is men will they'll sign up for like a free PDF informational document on one of the sub subjects that we're experts on. We capture their information information and then we call them, which, which is a little bit more like a cold call. That's hard. Uh, it's hard, but we convert those to, to appointments. Um, and, and our, and, and our, our schedulers are amazing because they know they'll tell them, Hey, there's no one in the country that's better at what we do than us. Like you need to come in. It's 99 bucks. You come in, we're going to give you blood work. Like during your appointment, we have, we've invested a ton of money to have labs in office. office. So you get your full blood panel while you're sitting there face to face with our medical provider and you'll at least know where you are. And if you, if you don't want to get on a plan, that's okay. But at least you know where you are. Every guy needs to know where they stand, you know, super low, super high, whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of my first baby. And then this is awesome. Dude, it's so so excited for you. It's so fun. And we're scaling it to, to sell it. I mean, that's the entire intention of that. We have a seven to eight year plan. Who knows? Who would buy this company? Uh, private equity. Okay. PE. Yeah. PE that specializes in medical rollups. Um, so we already have consultants that we're working with that are kind of helping us to help you package it, which is cool. So we're building it for that reason, for that reason. That's great. And, um, and it's a really, it, it's, it's a hot market. It, it's not, I don't think it's going to be difficult for us to sell, which is really fun. So when you're traveling, are you going to these places and seeing these clinics or seeing these being with the call people? Both. So I'm still, so I'm still learning the clinic model and ultimately what will happen. you got to learn the business. Yeah. Well, what will ultimately happen is each of the partners will, 
be responsible for a region. And that region, you kind of are the CEO of that region. So everything in that region will, will report to me. So I will scout cities, properties, manage build-outs, staff it, operate it, raise somebody up, put an uh, operator in place, go to the next city. So that's what I'll be doing in about a year. What is your area? Do you know It's going to be the south to the southwest. I don't know if we'll, if we'll do this in Alabama, but we wow. will. It's just not a hot, it's not a great state. We, Population? We, get, we just get more bang for our buck somewhere else, just based on our market research. So we might do it because I'm here. I'm local. Yeah, but the demo, um, like you said, the population density, the demographic, the dollars. Yeah. So in Boston, we have oh. we have four clinics all within 15, 20 miles of the other because the, the population density is so, so heavy. And mega sports You'd town, the radio presence. Dallas. Um, Dallas is definitely on the list of a place we might. Probably kill it in Dallas. Yeah. You'd probably kill it in Houston. Yeah. Uh, Nashville. But what's so Nashville is, is is on the list. But what's cool is is that the thing is still very liquid. Like this, that we we built this business model six months ago. Yeah, sure. And it's awesome, but it could change and morph tomorrow. Is because we're learning and we're growing. Um, but but it's cool. The dynamic among the shareholders is just very roundtable esque. Yeah. There's no clear leader. There's no clear. It's like we all kind of agree on each other's realm of responsibility and then hold each other accountable right. to it. And uh, so talk to me about this. Do you, have you had to raise any money or is it just y'all? No. Grow, them growing slow. They have grown this. The answer is more complicated than this, but the simple answer is no. That's great. Um, and our cost to open is re- a clinic is relatively low. I won't say the actual number. No, but, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not that expensive. Um, and we're really good at it. We're really efficient at it. So it's like flipping a house. You buy all the same LVP, 100%. you buy all the same paint, you buy all the same roofing materials, you buy yep. all the same countertops. Yep. It's all the same. I mean, we'll launch, we'll open eight to 10 clinics this year, easily more. Um, Do you know all the eight, all, all the locations yet? Mm-hmm. We just opened Naples and Fort Myers. We're oh, going to open two more. In, yeah, you got a lot of retirees down there. We're going to open two more in Florida. We have uh, two in Kansas City. One in Cincinnati, Ohio. Do you one know in Hartford, the Connecticut. Population in Florida has grown by over three hundred seventy thousand people in the last year. That does not surprise me. Three hundred and seventy thousand people. Yeah. That didn't live there. That now live there. Yeah. Not like people being born. Yeah. It's crazy. It's the number one state in the country that has grown by people moving. Yeah. Is Florida. So that's a great yeah. market. 100%. Sports town, like I'm going to sit here on the way home and think about like sports, where we should go. Sports town, yeah. I'm like, hey, Jeremy, we're, don't don't, you, you, don't you, exhaust yourself because we paid a an outside a consultant firm like a we're lot good. of money. We already have the city. Don't, yeah. don't need your help. But but <laughs> I can I can get on my list and say you're right. You're right. Yeah, uh, I, I can validate be you. Be my chest a little bit. That's good. Um, okay, what else? I mean, this is the, so knowing you for twenty something years now, I didn't know a lot of these things. Yeah, and part of it was because I was gone for fifteen years. But this has been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I'm super thankful um, to do this. What anything? What else? Anything else that you just think of that you think is just great, wonderful information, whether it be about parenting, about business, or whatever that you want to leave with? I would say, and I, there was a, a minor prophet. I can't remember which um, in, in in the word where he said, "Do not despise the day of small beginnings." Mm. And um, and when I was a young man, I was cocky, overconfident, didn't want to be small. Yeah. And what I would tell a guy that 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 wants to grow, it's like it's okay, just be small. Like, 
It's okay to like, you know, in my last gig, I just told myself like, I'm going to be the best number two man in the world. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, be feel bitter that I'm not the number one guy. Like I'm going to, I'm going to serve right where I am with all of my heart. I'm going to believe that God's going to promote me, um, when the time's right. And he did. He did. Yeah. So I th- the best part about this whole thing is like I sat there last night and said, I can just picture him owning his own thing and running something that's, that's his. Yeah. And I had no idea. Yeah. And so that's how God works out. So I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, man. Thanks this for having me. This has been great. I did not even feel like cameras are here, but this has been wonderful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.